Craft Beer Radio, episode 213 on 511 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, and I guess I should now draw out every number. Just to keep with the, every number we do for this show, just to keep with the uh, with the theme. Actually, that would probably get really annoying real fast, so we won't do that. We have uh, beer. beer. We have beer. How are these? They've been sitting in the ice for kind of while since yeah. you had that phone call. Yeah, we could probably take those out of the ice now. we got all kinds of beer. What do you want to drink? One of those first, probably. Well, I mean, we have a couple here that are uh, wheats from out of town, <laughs> across the pond. And we have a couple Americans... And, uh, yeah. Let's go with the, well, let's do, you know what, let's do the, the Verloren, and then we'll do the Wheats, and then we'll do the Sati, and then if we're interested, we'll then do the big, the big, nice Ender. So, so yeah, we got this interesting beer. You know, those Sam Adams guys, they make boring, run-of-the-mill, you know, mainstream beers. They're barely a craft brewery. So this is batch number one of Verloren, which is a Goza. It is a salt beer. Uh, I think we had one of these before. Not this beer, but a Goza on, on the show before. I can't remember which one it was. Did we have it on the show? Uh, yeah, maybe you're right. I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was one from the brewery just a couple weeks ago. Right. So let's see if I can get some uh, some information on this beer. It's... Uh, Fourteen point nine one four point zero nine original gravity, six percent alcohol by volume. It is as uh, Zotz hops, two row pale malt, Munich, malt and unmalted wheat. Their ale yeast and its special ingredients: coriander and salt. The lost beer. Nine SRM. So the color is a. It's kind of a light iced tea color. It's a pretty cloudy beer. It's uh can vaguely make out shapes at the end. And it's got a really kind of rocky head. Mm-hmm. Big bubbles in the in the beer. Linked to the ales of Saxony that all had but vanished, Goza Germany. is a particular Yet captivating brew. Unfiltered wheat ale. Uh, marketing, marketing, marketing. Salt for a mineral quality. Coriander for a peppery spice. Result is an unusual and delicate brew. The flavor, with full of flavors to discover. Yeah, so um, Sam Adams is making boring beers you can get everywhere, just like this Goza. Right. <laughs> I love it. I saw this and I said, "Wow, that's awesome! I have to get it." It was next to they had one. No, it was it's part of their uh, small batch series, um, and it's right next to. I think there's a there's a smoked beer. There's um, it's a twenty four ounce bottle, and it is only six dollars in Ohio. In Ohio, wow, still. Maybe we're spoiled in Pennsylvania, where we think that's a hell of a deal. But for a big beer like that, two 12-ounce glasses out of a bottle, and you get it for 6 bucks, and it's a Goza. 
So I haven't even smelled this guy yet. Let's take a sniff here. Actually sat in the ice for a while. It's pretty cold. Yeah, it is kind of cold. They were at uh, my basement temperature. and we Put them in ice and then it got a little delayed starting the show. So I'm just frantically warming up these beers. <laughs> I guess we could probably take this one out of the ice now too. It's It's got a sort of citrusy aroma to it. A bit of grassiness from the wheat. I mean, the, the aroma's pretty closed off for me. I'm not getting too much of it. Just a little sweetness, yeah. a little wheaty, um, a little wheaty slash sweet aroma on it. I like the, the coriander. The salt has an interesting kind of bite at mm-hmm. the end to it. Mm-hmm. It gives it a um, kind of a... a it, it tastes a lot like a pretzel, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. It has sort of a German pretzel kind of flavor, the malt and the and the salt. And if you think of the coriander as kind of sort of mustardy, just yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. But when you said pretzel, I'm thinking about you know the the sourdough, especially you know when it's washed with the lye and has that you know that darker, you know more mel- caramelized melanoid yeah. outside coating. You know that's what kind of I'm tasting and the salt just adds to the impression of a soft pretzel it's interesting I was you know they always serve salty snacks when you drink beer because mm-hmm. keeps it keeps you coming there's actually a, a place around here uh, Harris Grill where they give on Tuesdays they'll give you bacon Bacon night. Yeah, beat free bacon at the bar. It sounds like a great deal. Everyone loves bacon. It's salty. It keeps you drinking. Mm-hmm. So, but this is, it definitely, you know, every time you drink it, you feel parched. You want to drink <laughs> yeah, actually, more. it's a very dry, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's not a sweet palate left over. And yeah, you, you want to drink a little bit more to, to kind of get past that. I'm wondering if it's if if there's a little bit of a because the coriander gives it also a little bit of a citrusy edge, but I'm wondering if it's almost a little too salty. It, it just feels, especially these, these next, the, you know, the first couple of were kind of interesting. Now mm-hmm. it's getting kind of like okay. I wouldn't say I don't think it's too salty. I mean, too salty is where it tastes like ocean water, you know. Well, but I'm saying too salty for sustained drinking for for drinking a lot of it. I mean, this is 24 ounces. Mm-hmm. I want cheese. It's calling me to cheese. I want some brie or some other gooey, runny cheese with it. Yeah. That'd be just, I mean, you'd turn your body into a salt lake. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the fat would kind of hide some of it. You know, being... I wonder if something... I, I'm thinking more... Along the lines of, of fruitiness, and in fact, I'm thinking more like honeydew or cantaloupe, the sort of melony. Okay, go that direction. The, the salt would help bring out some of the extra flavors oh, okay. coming through those, you know, the cantaloupe. So the fruity. It's interesting. As this is warming up, it's opening up. I'm liking this. Let me try to get some new vocabulary here, but it's definitely opening up and giving me a lot more flavors now that it's 
getting close to the right temperature. It's kind of a creaminess to it, isn't there? I think that's the wheat malts mm-hmm. playing around. Yeah, this is nice when it's at this temperature here. Yeah. So what it's giving me is uh, it's a big malty beer. You get a little bit of the wheat, but you're I'm getting now that it's warmed up, I'm getting more of this um probably like a not I was gonna say like a Vienna malt, but actually no, it's not. It's more of a pale malt type flavor to it. You know, it was just a little more bready and not quite as, as crusty. The uh, the malt profile on this thing is really really uh, hitting me the right way. I'm enjoying it, and and the salt's not drying me out too much or anything. I think it's might be opening up some of the flavors a little bit. I'm not get, I'm really not picking up much coriander though. I mean, for some reason I'm not. It's not really coming across my uh, palate all that much. So if you're wondering where that creamy taste comes from, apparently they they add some lactic acid to this. I was passing off a lot of that acidity to carbonation. You know, I was passing off carbonic acid. But after you say that, I I could see where some of that zing on your tongue. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't taste like um, you know, a lactic beer like a Berliner Weiss or anything. Right. You know? It doesn't have. It's almost like it's just a tiny bit, just to give it a little zing, but not really give you any of that acidic flavor. You know, that really tangy flavor. It's almost like, you know, when you use salt for something, you add, you know, when you're doing it right, you're adding enough to bring out flavors, but not to make things taste salty, right? So it's like they use just enough lactic acid to bring, to liven it up a little bit more. Like when you use lemon juice in a dish, right? It opens it up. Yeah. But when you use too much, you know, when you actually can taste the acid, you know, you you use too much, you know, lemon in the dish or something like that, where, um, Blinderweiss, you want that, but I think, you know, this is nice to open up the beer, maybe give it a little more... You know, multidimensionality. That's kind of interesting because, you know, when you're cooking, you use salt to bring out, open up more flavors, and you use acid to bring out more flavors. And they're doing that in the beer, so that's probably making... I think it's making the malt flavors more accessible, easier easier to feel, easier to experience. It has a sort of... Um What's the best way to put this? It feels very German. I mean, it's a German style. It 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 comes through with the sort of crispness that you uh, expect out of a real, um, you know, like a just a mm-hmm. a German vice uh, beer. They have some interesting stuff in the history here. Uh, this was the official beer of the of the area of Leipzig uh, from 1738, mm-hmm. and it was it lies outside Bavaria. Where the Rheinheinskabit was, so it wasn't. Uh, it was an exception because it was just a regional specialty. So it was. So they were allowed to brew it with coriander and salt mm-hmm. and lactic acid. They didn't know about yeast at the time. I was gonna say Leipzig a little bit ago, but I was only about ninety percent sure that that was the town, so I didn't say it. So <laughs> good thing you pulled that up. I like this. It's good. It 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 got me a little worried for a second. I think as it as it was transitioning from pretty cold to mm-hmm. to warmer, but as it warms up, the flavors are coming through. 
in more interesting ways. And when, I want to go back to where you said it tastes like a German beer. The cleanness and stuff, I, I, I agree. The the malt bill doesn't scream German to me, really. The malt flavors, because I expect one of two things. I expect, you know, something that's crisp and, you know, clean, like a Bavarian Pilsner, or something that's more with Vienna or Munich malt, like a Vienna Lager or an Oktoberfest or something. And to me, it doesn't t- taste like a Oktoberfest at all. Well, no, well, to me, it tastes more along the lines of uh, a classic Weiss beer. So, so it does taste German to well, me. Yeah, right, right. I was getting getting to uh, getting to somewhere, okay. and you kind of headed me off where. So it doesn't really have. Again, this is more so for the listener's benefit of what it's not and what it is. Yeah. And so it doesn't really come across like an Oktoberfest lager or a Vienna lager, but where it does have it does have some wheat. It's much less than fifty percent wheat. I mean, it's uh, we don't have percentages here, but it's, yes, it's we still, do. Oh, we do. How mm-hmm. much? Uh. A base of fifty to sixty percent malted and unmalted wheat. <laughs> oh, why'd you have to tell them that, Greg? Doesn't okay. My impressions are that it's. I mean, because if you compare how weedy this is and how clean, you know, how cloudy it is, how yellow it is compared to Hefeweizen, it looks and tastes like there's not very much wheat in it compared to barley. I would have to disagree with you. Okay. I mean, it. It. it you know, I, I was getting on. You know that it tastes pretty weedy. It has a, a nice wheat flavor to it and uh, wheat texture to it. Wheat aroma as well. Okay. But continue your thoughts. No, I'm wrong. No, I was. I was going to say there's some wheat there, but you know, it, it's a play of, of this of the barley malt and the wheat and. I've said, you know, I'm starting. I'm about ready to start repeating myself. So I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna repeat is it's pretty good. It is pretty good for a a cheap, interesting beer. You could do far worse. Yeah. All right. So we go from German wheat styles to actual German wheat styles. This I is guess. the block. Let's do that one first. All right. This is the George Schneider's Weissen Edelweiss. It has uh, four ingredients. You can probably guess them. Um, one, two, three. Well, are you counting the various different types of Malt as one ingredient, one ingredient, <laughs> in- including the wheat and barley. Yes, yes, as one ingredient. Okay, I was trying to make a thing about the Rheinheitsgebot. Yes, yes, it is a wheated beer, so I guess technically there's five ingredients. Yeah. Uh, the the hops are Cascade and Heller Tower. It is, it has water in it and yeast. <laughs> no arsenic, no cyanide, no wormwood. All right. This is... I don't have much other information on it. It's from Kelheim, Germany. It's a... It's their Edelweiss. So first thing on the... Uh, it pours pretty clear. And we still have a little, probably a little bit of sediment in the bottom of the after we taste yeah. the clearest part of the beer. I can... Uh, 
almost see my fingerprints through it, so it's pretty clear. 6.2% alcohol by volume. I didn't... Yeah, yeah, it's a freckle beer. I can see my freckle. The color is a... Gold. Dark gold. Solid gold. And then the aroma on this thing is... The other one had a closed-off aroma at first. This thing is just bursting out yeah, of the glass. Yeah, big, I mean, big wheat, big... Uh, lemony, mm-hmm. lemongrass. It, it, it just... Almost a little... It, it's a little tangy and tart in the aroma. It's yes. making me salivate. It smells really yummy. It smells like... Um, it smells like you wish a bowl of creamed wheat would smell like, but it never <laughs> does. If you if you did a sour mash on the wheat, it might smell like this. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nice and spicy. There's a lot there. It's um, spicy continental hops. The the malt is is there. It's sweet. Then there's this lemoniness. Mm-hmm. It almost does taste like it had like a sour mash or something to it. Like just a little lactic acid in there or something, doesn't it? It there's there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. Something interesting. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that is so good. Mm. This is all organic, by the way. Certified. USDA, actually. So it's, um, even though it's in Germany, I guess they have some sort of way of... Translating the uh, organicness. <laughs> yes. I don't know, man. This is delish. It is. It's It's, it's, it's a really... It's a really nice. It's an interesting contrast to the Valoran. Uh, it's a different, you know, different style altogether. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because of the way that the, I mean, it, it, it it's funny how with essentially the same ingredients, it's lacking the coriander and salt, but mm-hmm. essentially the same ingredients, you're you're getting a, a much different beer, and you're getting something that yeah, it's it, it's, it's sort of thinner body wise, but the wheat still gives it. It, wheat is, is almost kind of an in-between between barley and oats in terms of gelatiny, right? So they're, they're, it gives it sort of a, a, a slight kind of, a, a slightly more uh, hard texture, more uh, more thickness to it. And then I like the little spiciness that's coming out of it. The the, the hops that come through give it a, a good kick. So I was trying to see the brewing. You'll, this, is, this is just the internet fucking with me here i was trying to see if um if this beer language <laughs> it's warranted it's warranted it's the internet's screwing with me right now um i was trying to see if like there was like sour mash and brewing you know edelweiss or something like that so i did a search for edelweiss and it was the sour mash blog and it was about edelweiss so i click it and it's about this band called edelweiss in stroudsburg pennsylvania on the Sour Mash blog, which is some kind of music blog. It's like, damn you, internet. Well, I mean, when when, when you think Sour Mash, particularly in America, you don't think wheat beer, you think whiskey. So it doesn't surprise me that, particularly in America, there's an association of whiskey with, with music, right? And the blues. Yeah. That's the number one hit when Edelweiss... Appeared on the Sour Mash. Well, there's a there's that song, Edelweiss, Edelweiss. Here's a topic of Northern Brewer. 
I'll try to read that without causing dead air. So mm-hmm. I'm going to taste this again. <clears throat> oh, did you want to try it with the... Uh... I'm worried about rocking the boat. I'm liking it so much as is. I'm going to try it. I'll let you do it first, and then I'll take some if it makes it better. Okay, so this is Mithef. I added some of the sediment. Ooh, look at that. Look at the dark Yeah, there's big, big chunks in there. Well, it definitely muddies it up a bit. Uh, but some of the more lemony flavors, more of the citrusiness is coming out. Probably better without. Here, you try some of mine. I think it's crisper and, and more more delightful without. There's, there's the, a little tang in there, but it's not bad. But yeah, I'm gonna keep mine keep mine clear. So I did find a um, Edelweiss uh, clone brew recipe here. So we can talk a little bit about how it has uh, German wheat malt, German pilsner, hops are Northern Brewer, um, used 60 minutes in the boil, so almost the whole time. This one actually uses uh, some Cascade for finishing. So does this. So okay. That's unusual. German weeper using Cascade. I I think it I think it works because you know it gives mm-hmm. you that extra. I think that's what gives it the spiciness, right? Because it, just using the Hiller this is Hiller Tower, I guess, in the boil, so that gives it the bitterness. But you, in order to give that spiciness, it really adds to the texture, textural component. It uses know, a step mash, so you start out the mash cool, and you do two infusions where you take it up to one twenty two. And then you heat it up to 152. So you do a, a bit of a step mash here. Two-step infusion mash with a 20-minute protein rest. That sounds like gobbledygook to you. You're not the um, only one. Well, <laughs> I need someone to show me the proper way to do an infusion mash because the times I've tried to do it just by reading how to do it, it's never worked out quite Are right. there not like 80 million YouTube it might be, but I would rather have an experienced brewer come and show me how to do it. And it's more interactive. What, whatever happened to Basic Brewing Radio? They never went over that? I've read and consumed media about doing it, but I need... I'm never, you're not, Unless you can say, hey, did I end up doing that right? You know, to someone who knows what it looks like when it's right, you, mm-hmm. you don't really know. I'm, I'm, so. I'm with you, I'm just... It's one of those things where the internet has become very helpful in this regard sure. because there are lots of videos on everything from from how to... There's videos on the internet? Yeah. Holy from God. how to disassemble an iPhone to how to brew your beer to how to inject heroin, I'm sure. So... Sure. Sure there is. I Like I said, I've consumed media on, on doing step mashes, and I never feel like I got it right. Mm. So... Like, like when you finish the mash, it's like how how thick is the mash supposed to be, you know, and things like that. And so anyway, but now he the, did the mash. He did the sour mash. <laughs> he did the mash. It was a beer yard smash. Oh, gotcha. This is good. This is really good. Even so, it's tangy for no apparent reason. You bought this here, huh? Yeah, no, I bought this in, uh, that was at uh, Three Sons. Okay. Or whatever Three Sons is now. Two One for the road, four for the road, eight for the road. DUI checkpoint. Um, 
because George Schneider's, you know, Schneider Vice and this, they weren't available in this market for many years. Yeah. So I'm kind of happy that's here because Schneider Vice, the normal Hefeweizen, is really good too. So that's cool. This is when I was I was picking up a bunch of wheat beers for for the show and uh, came across a lot of them, mm-hmm. but not quite enough to get the right show content. You know, to get a couple shows out of it, or, or I think we, there were enough, but then we decided like. We had done two wheat beers and wheat shows yeah. in a row. Yep. But our next beer is another wheat beer. That this makes is, uh, three wheat beers, so this is a wheat beer show. The rest are just bonus. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> uh, Einger's uh, Weizenbach, their wheat bock ale. I'm a little suspicious because the last Einger we had, the the bottle was not in the best condition, and it was from the same place. Which one was that? That was just their Hefeweizen, I think. Okay. So we'll see. Einger makes Celebrator, which is yeah. an amazing beer. Uh, when I think gold standard for Doppelbach, I think Celebrator. It's my favorite that I've had. Uh, Bach is basically a, a strong pilsner, right? I mean... Eh. I mean, with the cocktail, you really can't call it a pilsner anymore. Um, Bach means goat in a literal transaction. March is the zodiac sign of... Which one's the goat? Um, Capricorn. Okay, January's Capricorn. So I guess maybe that's... Maybe it's January. So it's spring beer brewed during Capricorn, goat, Bach, something. But they have more... It's stronger than non-box. So when you hear a wheat bock or a Weizenbach, it's a strong wheat beer. Not as strong as a wheat wine, but a strong wheat beer. My box are strong barley beers. And then there's box, double box, triple box. 7.1% alcohol by volume, 1.067 original gravity, 10 IBUs. A off gold color, kind of the color of your table, a little bit. Another pretty clear one. I can get. I see fingerprints. Yeah, through M- it more towards the Hellas than the Dunkel in terms of color, and another uh, rocky head. Not quite as rocky. A little the smaller bubbles, a little bit smaller, but uh, big, big white head. About uh, fingers or two worth. It smells like a smells weedy. Smells with 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 a little bit of 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 a sugariness to it, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven percent wheat beer. It's pretty strong. It's a lot of wheat. Yeah, I, for the room, I'm getting that. I mean. I've art- I don't have great words for it, so you know, for me, my brain says, "Oh, it smells like a strong wheat beer. It smells like a wheat bock or a wheat wine." And what? How can I describe what that means? The well, uh, think it's a, sir- a little syrupy, um, a little kind of, kind of sort like- of vodka, right? If you had like a wheat vodka, you might smell something a little bit along these lines. I'm thinking, I can't think of, um, so my brain is being drawn to some kind of hard candy. Like, you know, not butterscotch, 
some kind of hard candy. There's something sweet. Werther's? Well, I was going to say not really butterscotch. Yeah. But there's like a hard candy type thing. Like I was thinking like, um, initially I was thinking um, candy cane, but it's not mint, right? So maybe maybe it's one of those, you know, those color, multicolored fruited candy canes, you know, fruity candy canes. Instead of no, this is not cane, those. But, this is not no, those because those, there is a, there, there are some beers that have that right there, mm-hmm. but this is not one of those. Um, which is, yeah, it's sort of a fruit candy cane. It's a weird flavor. But I'm there's a slight bit of the lemony or the lemongrass coming through, but it's it's like you know like if you're you love those visual metaphors, right? So think of think think of a wheat beer about you know this field of grass all waving and standing up, right? You know, and then you have a bunch of people run through the field and all the grass is trampled down. You know, that's kind of what I think this reminds me of. You know, visually, so think of. A crop circle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yum. Hmm. Hmm? I don't know yet. It's pretty sweet. So, yeah, I like the, like, when I said yum, it was like the beginning of the taste where it's, it's this kind of two parts. Like, I like the First, almost two thirds of the taste, and the back one third gets a little chalky and dry, and I'm not liking that part as much. But the beginning, it's pretty sweet, but it's 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 more malty than cloying, so it, and, and sugary, so it works for me. I mean, it is a, a wheat box, so sweet is kind of in the yeah, but I don't know. The, it kind of tastes like diabetes to me. <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> Um, or, or to put it in better terms, it kind of tastes a little like Frosted Flakes. It's got this kind of overt sugary sweetness that I'm not sure I really enjoy. Let me give it a couple more sips, though. Well, it's starting to build on my palate, and every sip gets a little bit sweeter and sweeter. And I'm not finding it very drinkable now. Like, first sip, I'm like, oh, that's good and sweet, I like it. But after the fourth sip... I'm like, okay, let's set this aside for a little bit and have some pretzels or something to kind of <laughs> yeah. you know, clean off the palate. My palate is getting very clobbered by the sweetness. I mean, we, we've had some interesting wheat beers, you know, already uh, that were more citrusy, had some other stuff going on, and this is a pretty radical departure. Mm-hmm. So right away, it, it's it's messing with our with our palates because our palates were train were on this much more savory kick. I mean, we started with a salt beer, talked about savory. Uh-huh. And to go directly into this sweetness without any of the other stuff that traditionally would go along with sweetness, the roastiness, maybe some little bit of astringency, uh, to sort of to, to, to bridge right, that gap. Right. Instead, it's going almost directly into sweetness because the rest of the flavors are more or less the same. The wheat, uh, the hopping is, is relatively yeah, similar. I, it almost like needs a little more bitterness to it. Right? Yeah. Like if it was hopped a little bit more... It might have balance, but yeah, it's just pushing so far off to the sweet side. It's like missing some balance. So I wonder if in a different flight this might be more accessible, but right now... Well, we're more just... tuned into sweeter beers if we had it with other box. Yeah. Like if we did like a box showcase where we had a wheat bock and a mybock and a bock and a doppelbock, 
you know, we'd be tuned into those sweeter flavors. And we'd, and we'd be able to, to, to pull out the distinctiveness, the reason why that's distinctive from a Doppelbach versus distinctive from yeah. a Maybach. But right now, it's like the, the only thing that's distinguishing it from these beers is the sweetness and the malt profile is relatively similar. The, you know, the other stuff, the, the, the hopping is relatively similar. So I'm... Uh, I'm really my my palate is so confused. It's having a hard time enjoying the beer. Actually, my, you mentioned tastes like diabetes earlier, and I was joking, but you know, actually, I'm starting to get that weird. You know, your stomach can taste, right? Yeah. And I'm starting to get that stomach feel where I I just ate a bunch of um, cake icing. Yeah. You know, I feel like that. My stomach's saying sweet, 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 like it's full of cake icing, and get that weird kind of not so happy tummy feel you know right yeah your your liver's like oh i have to excrete bile now <laughs> <laughs> liver's like i'm already working i'm cleaning up all this damn alcohol yeah. leave me alone yeah i don't know it just it, it's kind of making my tongue kind of just go mm-hmm. pucker in a weird way like Oh no! Don't don't do this. Don't give me some more of that savory stuff. Don't do this. No. Yeah, I'm with you. First sip, interesting flavors, but my, right now I'm like not drinkable. Like I'm not urged. Like that first beer with the salt is like makes you drink more, drink more, drink yeah. more. This one's like, eh, you know, I'm good. Let me go uh, play some shuffleboard or throw some darts or something. I'll drink mm. this later. I think it's, like we said, I think it's kind of a hard luck loser in this because I think flight matters, especially here. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's just not going to play well. Would not recommend you take a Weizenbach after you do all these well, other... The question is, does it play in Peoria? Oh, we're in the middle of an election season. I just thought that'd be a good... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, you know what? The reference escapes me. Oh, so... It... Saying if something's going to go over in middle America, you know, if it's, oh, right, if it, okay. it does a play in Peoria is, is the phrase. Okay. And now for something completely different. Sam Adams, they make these boring run-of-the-mill <laughs> beers. No, we're not drinking the Goza again. We're drinking another beer that was more or less lost to Western culture until like three years ago. Yeah. And this is the Sati. S-A-H-T-I. It's called Norse Legend is the name of the beer. It's a sati, which is a juniper beer. Those damn Vikings. Actually, on the back here it says, Legend has it that barrels of this ancient brew were found on sunken Viking ships. Okay. So, let's see here. They aged it on a bed of juniper berries, herbal, herbal, woodsy, ripe citrus character. Uh, Two row pale malt, rye, and a special special bee and an aromatic malt. Uh, Hillertau, Mittelfer, noble hops, and juniper berries. 30 SRM, original gravity was 17.19, which leads to an alcohol by volume of 7.0. 16 IBUs, and for those who care, 234 calories. 
I will put this disclaimer out. Never been that big a fan of Juniper. Okay. So we had the dogfish sauté, but it wasn't really a straight sauté. Um, they mixed it with some other things. It was more of a dogfishization of the beer. <laughs> um, I don't think I've had any other official sautés, even though I did have heavyweight brewing. If you if you're a longtime listener, you know that. Uh, Scott Smith from East End and I went out to Heavyweight's last open house before they closed back in 2006. And um, one of his last brews before he closed the brew house was he brewed... I don't recall him calling it a sati, but he basically threw a juniper bush into the boil kettle. <laughs> well, this mash was filtered through a wooden trowel called a kurna. K-U-U-R-N-A, and then it filtered through a bed of full juniper branches. So more or less the same thing. Yeah. Uh, for some, so for some sati, like we said, the juniper worked in place of hops. This one obviously has hops in addition to the juniper stuff going through it. So it had some. I have to remember the the heavyweight's beer name, but it was just some. It was some Norse Scandinavian name that yeah. I. Drekel, Drekel Zaka, Drekel, who knows? Someone, is, someone out there is like, yeah, I had that. This is interesting. In, apparently, this is a, a women's brew or something. So, in the tradition of the women's satya recipe, was developed by one of our brewers, Jennifer Glanville. That's uh, well, I you got to think that historically, brewing was like cooking, yeah, and women did it. You know, men being the brewers is, I mean, the history of beer. That's a newfangled. It's it's more of a German thing, right? I mean, the uh, German brewmaster uh, in, in type deal. In the history of humans making beer, men making beer is only slightly older than craft beer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you just got to think about it that way. It smells like gin. You know what? It, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't think I've ever had gin. But we do have that bottle of gin in the fridge. Yeah, the we fridge. have the, the, the rogue gin. No, it's not rogue. It's not? I don't know. It's, I mean, you grabbed it from Saver, right? But Yeah, I, I thought it was the rogue. Uh... I'm almost positive it's not rogue. All right, pause. I'm going to tell a story. You can go grab the gin. When I was a kid, I had this Sesame Street book. And it was like a scratch and sniff book. And one of the pages was a pine tree. I'm going to talk a little bit loud so Greg can hear me while he goes and finds the gym. Um... Scratch and sniff pine tree on the Sesame Street book. Smells must have been a juniper type smell because as soon as I smelled this beer, I was taken back to that Sesame Street book in the scratch and sniff pine tree. Well, the Sesame Street scratch and sniff gin junkie pine junkie gin pine tree. I mean, how else do you describe that flavor? I mean, I, I would say it's kind of piney. Anchor. Anchor. Okay, Anchor's distillery. There you go. Yes, yeah, so we've had this for a year, and we have not tried it. It's a sample. Do not sell. It's a Junipero. It's a little... Uh, By the way, else? the color of this is, is almost cola-like, and, and almost towards the purple edge of the spectrum, right? I mean, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is kind of royal and purpley. It is like the deepest. It's super clear, super duper clear, but it's dark. 
so look brown ale, but with so red pur- highlights, which, which makes it yeah. sort of purplish. Purple hue, yeah. I'm gonna give it a, a, a smell of this. Uh... Pour it right in, man. Just pour that pour that gin right into your. Yeah, uh... yeah, a, a whiff. So you can smell kind of a similar base, but I mean, there, there's yeah, more spices and yeah, stuff. That, in. That's a lot more solventy, yeah. and there's some other things going on than just juniper. Where this is Sesame Street pine tree is what this is. <laughs> Not um, not as much comes out initially. It takes a while for the juniper to come in, but it now it's, it's coming out it strong. It starts off big and malty, um, kind of like uh, you know, take Sam Adams Boston Lager and and make it just a little bit bigger, not quite you know box strong, but just a little more potent than Boston Lager, but with a lot of those Vienna malts and Munich malts or whatever. Um, that kind of gets the malt bill, and that's what you taste first, and it's nice. It's it's a little bit, um, you know, it's crusty, it's not too sweet, it's not too bready. Um, but then, yeah, that, that fades out, and you get this weird, spicy, prickly thing on your tongue, the, the, the juniper spicing. And if I remember what the dogfish sati tastes like, it's not very much like this. I think saw T. Yeah, remember they they spelled it like S A H hyphen T E A. So they mm-hmm. used some T in it yes. as well. It tastes very similar to to the gin that I don't really like, uh, like a Bombay Sapphire or something along those lines. So you know, if, if you were to make a, a gin martini. For example. So what does juniper look like? Because I mean, this tastes kind of piney to me. Still. Like the little berries. But what's they grow? Do they grow in like an evergreen bush or something? Because I mean, this tastes like a pine tree to me a little bit. <laughs> it has and, it has some of that. I'm gonna have to look up juniper on the internets. It's a good thing we have internet. Yes. Juniper networks. No. It uh, yes, it is an evergreen. It actually, well, I guess there's two different kinds. We have these pine trees around here with the flat needles. Yeah. So that's apparently something like a juniper, but these ones look more like rosemary. Yes. So you get a little bit of it's like a very evil looking rosemary. It's very pointy and stabby. <laughs> and then there's a picture of like a bonsai type juniper that's probably a thousand years old, and it's like. All dry and knotty and twisted. So I guess there's all kinds, but you know how with spirits, particularly, there are some that you really enjoy, and there are some that kind of just rub you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I think that gin rubs me the wrong way, and I don't know if I had a bad experience with gin like I had a bad experience with tequila, which makes it hard for me to drink tequila now. But I still find it hard to drink gin. And I think some of that is bleeding over into this, making it hard for me to drink this. So I'll try to talk to it a little bit, since uh, since Greg's not the gin fan. Yeah, I'm going to go back. I, I, I don't want to repeat too much. It starts off like that you know, Sam Adams German-style beer. 
and then it goes into the spicy part. And I want to dig into the spicy part a little bit more because every other sip seems to be a little bit different. A um, couple sips I've had, it kind of gets into this um, tingly, zingy, numbing thing. And I don't know if that's just juniper or what, but it's like for a few seconds, my tongue feels kind of numb, which is weird. Then other times it tastes more resiny and more piney. So I'm I'm kind of bouncing between those two things. Uh, it's interesting. It, it's I, I wouldn't call it super drinkable at the end of the flight, but I I could see situations where this would go down pretty good and be quite and be enjoyable. I think if you're a gin fan, you'll like it. I think if you're not a gin fan, you're not gonna like it. I'm not a gin fan. That should tell you all you need to know. <laughs> it is starting to get a little on the sweet side. I think it could use a little more bitterness to balance it out. Keep it from getting a little on the... Because I'm like... The drinkability is kind of decreasing as I go on. It's starting to build up a little bit of sweetness for me. Uh, you want to rank? Did you want to open the last beer? I really don't. Okay. I don't really want to uh, get into a whole bunch more beer. Fair enough. All right, so hold on a minute. Let me let me pull up the the ranking page so we can rank. All right, I'll start, I'll start talking while you're working on that. So I mean, it was kind of you know we had the great beers up front, and then as the show went on, it kind of it kind of fizzled a little bit. Um, so it won't be much of a surprise that you know Greg and I both liked the Goza and the and the Schneider Edelweiss, and we didn't like the Anger Weizenbach and the Sati as much. Uh, so you know which one of those pairs tops the other. I am going to put the um, the Snyder number one. I mean that was yummy, 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 yummy. Uh, the uh, the tanginess of that, you know what? You know, oh, I, I will swear that there's some kind of sour mash going on there, but it had some acidity that was like you don't get this in your normal Hefeweizen, you know, and it had something very interesting going on there. You know, it's like maybe like imagine eighty-five percent or ninety percent hefeweizen, and then ten or fifteen percent, you know, Berlinerweiss mixed in. You know, you had that nice little tang there, but not too much. And then number two, I'm going to put the the Verloren from Sam Adams, the Goza. Uh, I really liked it. I liked how the the lactic acid and the salt brought out the malt flavors. I could really explore it made the malt very accessible but you know very deep and you could really dig into that so um it was it was a nice experience and you know it wasn't too salty uh so now we're in the bottom two i think i'll put the norse legend the sati slightly ahead of the weizenbach for my anger neither are bad but I think both suffered from the flight. I think both of those beers are kind of a, a one-off. Have that beer with, you know, something else. You know, don't drink it on a beer podcast with, you know, three other beers each. Um, yeah, they're definitely not beer podcast type beers. I'm more or less agreeing with you, except the order is different. <laughs> of course. So that that means you're agreeing. Well, I mean, basically, you're saying that one and two are close, and and three and four are close, right. and I'm agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're a little bit switched. Uh, I think Valoran was was, was awesome. I, I, mm-hmm. um, 
took me a bit to get into the salt, but once I got into it, I really, I really did enjoy it. And I did, I enjoyed the heck out of it. It really was 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 quite delicious for six dollars for that bottle. I mean, yeah, I would, I would look it out. I would go out and buy it. And I, I'm telling you, and and if I could go out and buy, like, if I, if I didn't have to drive all the way to Vintage Estates, if I could just drive to my local store and get it for six dollars, I would buy at least a six pack of it. I don't know if they sell them six packs, but oh, I, I would buy six of them. I saw it at the Giant Eagle um, Market District. The one by Damien? No. Oh, the one by in Robinson. I see. But if it's there, it's probably the one by Damien. Huh? I'll go look see what the price is because so, yeah. yeah, I mean that was good. It was a great drinker. It was fascinating, and the price, at least over in Ohio, six bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'd buy a six pack of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I just go with the Schneider. Uh, second, very close. Loved it. I, I love the the you know the stuff that was brought out. I love the spiciness of it. Uh, I liked, um, yeah, I liked everything about it. It was really good. Keep it without the the the, the yeast. Yeah, decant de- it. Decant it. Decant it um, gently. So for for three and four, I'm I'm just not really a fan of juniper, so I can't. In good conscience, put that third. Even though I don't know, I kind of <laughs> thought it was better than the vines. <laughs> so I guess I have to. There All you right. go. So uh, yeah, the the North Legend. It's a potent juniper. I'm burping up juniper, yeah. and, and now it, it it's very potent. It's a lot more potent than I thought it would be. Um, the North Legend. Yeah. Okay. So fine. Um. Not a big fan of juniper, but it uh, it was better in terms of the flight than the anger was. Sam Adams put out a sati for six dollars in a twenty four ounce bottle. Yeah, they deserve third place for that alone. <laughs> they do, they do. Awesome. All right, thank you everybody for listening to Craft Beer Radio, and we will be back soon with another outstanding, amazing, fantastic, boring piece of crap <laughs> podcast. Feeling hot, hot, hot. That was last time. It's still in my head. I told. I know it's in your head, but it's like for us, it was an hour ago. For them, it was like weeks ago. I, I'm I'm bringing it back. Taking it back. Taking it back. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah from the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. But they never say what you can't hear